Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. About two hours ago, President Joe Biden held a ceremony at the White House. It was attended by some Utah lawmakers and politicians, by the way, including Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson. Uh, he signed several executive orders, resetting the boundaries, of course, of Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments here in the state of Utah. But both the president and members of his administration had some interesting things to say about how this all fits into the president's political vision. And that's what I want to get to in this segment. Uh, first, the president said that the protection of public lands shouldn't change every time there's a new president elected. The protection of public lands must become, must not become, I should say, a pendulum that swings back and forth depending on who's in public office. It's not a partisan issue. And what we continue to believe, at least what I believe, is what is done by executive order shall be undone by executive order. And it is political. So the president said that it should not. Uh, He actually may have had a a little bit of a slip there and said it should (laughs) swing back and forth. Uh, And then he said it should not swing back and forth, depending on who's on public office. And then the president laid out what the boundary swing was and what it meant. First Bears Ears National Monument in Utah. This is the first national monument in the country to be established at the request of federally recognized tribes. A sacred homeland to hundreds of generations of native peoples. The last administration reduced the size by 85% leaving vulnerable more than one million acres of cherished landscape. And second, I'm uh, restoring Utah's Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument, a place of unique and extraordinary geology as well as biodiversity, established as a national monument 25 years ago this month. Over the last quarter century, this land has produced a significant scientific discoveries per acre than more than any other national monument, everything from fossils to ancient indigenous artifacts. And once again, the last administration cut the size of the monument nearly in half. So, again, regardless of what you think about the president or the designations in and of themselves, the the question still remains, if you don't want the pendulum to swing, you just swung it. Uh, and went back and forth. And probably the thing that bothered me the most in the president's comments was when he was actually signing the executive orders. 
And the president said, this may be the easiest thing I have done as president. And of course, that uh, elicited some chuckles and laughter. And the president said, I mean it. And that is what's wrong. It shouldn't be that easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be hard. And Congress has got to do its job. Absolutely. Uh, Or presidents of both political parties will continue to do this. And the pendulum will continue to swing back and forth. None of which is good for those who are most directly impacted. The tribal members, the ranchers, the farmers, the citizens that live in those rural communities. And I thought it was very important what Representative Blake Moore shared with us just a few moments ago that nothing changed today. Nothing really changed. Uh, These were federal lands before. (laughs) They're still there. What changes is the management plan. And what no one has seen and what has not been done is the management plan. Because when we talk about preserving artifacts or areas, sacred spaces, you have to have a management plan to do that. And so to me, that's the real challenge. The other things that were interesting uh, in the course of the announcement uh, and the speeches, uh, you had Secretary of the Interior, Deb Halland, uh, talked about how expanding the monuments uh, are good for the Native tribes and the environment. This is their position there. We are here today on the ancestral homelands of the Anacostan and Piscataway people, bending the arc of the moral universe toward justice. Thank you, Mr. President for the profound action you are taking today to permanently protect the homelands of our ancestors. Today's announcement, it's not just about national monuments. It's about this administration centering the voices of indigenous people and affirming the shared stewardship of this landscape with tribal nations. The president's actions today writes a new chapter that embraces indigenous knowledge, ensures tribal leadership has a seat at the table, and demonstrates that by working together, we can build a brighter future for all of us. Together, we will conserve and protect our lands and ocean for people, for wildlife, for the climate. Together, we will strengthen our economy with healthy, resilient natural systems. So as as you listen to that, it's interesting. Uh, of course, you you have to have all the you have to have all the people at the table, uh, and everyone needs to have a voice there. Having the tribes at the table, as Secretary Holland pointed out, uh, that is critical. That is vital. Also important to remember uh, that that representation should be at the most local level. Uh, often it's the the national interests that get uh, put into play, as opposed to those who live and work and and thrive there. And uh, so that's an important part of the uh, the equation as well, uh, because it is about coming together. It is about cooperation and a, a willingness to collaborate and listen and engage. And I maintain that's a hard thing to do from Washington uh, to out here in the West, where most of this land is. And, and that's the challenge. Now, the one area of the proceedings today uh, that was a little bit of a of a head scratcher to me uh, was White House climate advisor Gina McCarthy, uh, who took this very small moment in terms of the monuments uh, and took it all the way to the president's build back agenda to global warming uh, and even a civilian climate corps. 
tapping into these natural climate solutions will protect public health. They will protect us against climate impacts. They will promote biodiversity. And yes, they will grow our economy. That's worth a clap. That's why President Biden, through his Build Back agenda, has also proposed creating, are you ready for it, a new civilian climate corps, which will partner with our unions in putting to work a new generation that looks like America, receiving good benefits and good pay to restore the health of our public lands, our coasts, our waters, and our forests, and to advance environmental justice and help communities. Lost me on that one. Uh, I think that was uh, tried. They tried to shoehorn that in as a part of this, and uh, that just didn't fly. Uh, I don't think that was anything about a new civilian climate core uh, or what that is or what that would do and uh, how that would impact it. Again, just seemed very out of place there. Uh, on the day, again, regardless of of what you think about the monuments themselves, there were a host of other things there. Now, obviously, there's going to be a lot of debate. There's going to be a lot of back and forth. Uh, The things that that I take away that are most worrisome to me, one is the fact that we have moved the Bureau of Land Management back to Washington, D.C., so back into the center of power, back into the center of lobbying, uh, and not in the middle of the land. It is charged to maintain and preserve and protect. Uh, and uh, as we've been talking about, we talked about it with Representative Moore. What is the plan, the management plan? Uh, the declarations are easy. It's the hard work and heavy lifting. And when we look at all the things from uh, fires and floods uh, that have been caused because there is such a backlog in terms of doing what needs to be done, clearing, thinning, Uh, All of those efforts, uh, that's part of a management plan and strategy that has to be done. Uh, And then, of course, the I think the big check that uh, I wish Congress would fix and get on because it can only be done with a congressional fix uh, is the use of the Antiquities Act. Uh, The president referenced it uh, and was glad to add himself amongst uh, Teddy Roosevelt and others for using it. Uh, They used it in a very different way than any of the previous four presidents have used it. Uh, This was not to do big swaths of land. It was uh, to use, as it states, and as Chief Justice John Roberts uh, noted earlier this year, that the purpose was to protect the smallest area compatible with the care and management of significant archaeological or historical objects. That's, That's what it's for. Uh, And so presidents doing this by executive order, the pendulum is going to continue to swing back and forth. Uh, And again, remember, nothing that happened today will preserve or protect any of those artifacts or sacred spaces any better. It was federal land before it became (laughs) it's it's just federal land. That's what it is. But who's going to protect it and who's going to manage it uh, is really the question that we have to get to. And that's going to require collaboration, cooperation and coming together to figure out what is best, what's best for the land, what's best for the tribes, what's best for the, the ranchers and farmers that uh, work there and live there. Uh, there's a better way to do this. And until we follow a model, uh, we mentioned earlier today that Rob Bishop, when he was chair of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee, uh, actually designated three monuments. And they did it the right way. And because of that, there is certainty today because it has been done legislatively. Uh, The process matters, and regardless of what size you think it should be, 
doing it the right way actually matters. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little BYU football with Mitch Harper. Big weekend coming up for the Cougars. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.